Mom Courage, the podcast, questioning norms and finding the real conversation around motherhood, being a woman, and family life. I'm Carrie Promozik, your host. Welcome, Courageous Mamas. Courageous Moms, get ready for this Mom Courage guest today. I will never forget when my youngest child had his first encounter with a food allergy. He was three. We were waiting for my then seven-year-old's karate class to finish up, so we walked down to the coffee shop to get a snack. Don't know what possessed me to give him his first nut right then and there, but I did. He is my third child, and I guess I felt experienced. Ha! He ate the nut, spit it out immediately, then hives, and after I was vomited all over, I called the pediatrician, who informed me to go to the ER. I really should have called 911. It was all very fast. It was a scary new time, and I needed someone like courageous mom Paula Lancaster. Paula is smart, knows her stuff, and is sharing strategies and information we moms need to know to support the kids in our life with food allergies. Our own kids, a niece or nephew, maybe a neighbor or the kids at school. After this episode, you will be equipped with ideas and a prepared parent. Get ready. Here we go. Welcome, Courageous Mamas. This is episode 18, Kids and Food Allergies with expert Paula Lancaster. I'm Carrie Promozik, your host. Welcome to the conversation. Today, I am excited to introduce our Mom Courage guest, Paula Lancaster, food allergy advocate and consultant. Paula is a graduate of the University of District of Columbia with a bachelor's degree in studio art and an associate's degree in advertising design. In addition to being a food allergy advocate and consultant, Paula is also a graphic designer. She is a mother of two daughters and has spent years learning about her youngest daughter's rare gastrointestinal disorder and severe food allergies, and uses her expertise and experience to help other parents raising kids with food allergies. Paula is also an author. She has written a children's book called Emma's Special Tummy. This book teaches other children about her daughter's disorder and about having a friend with a feeding tube. It's important to know Paul and I are rich friends from being a part of Nicole Walter's 1K One Day program. And today, Paula is here to share her story, wealth of knowledge, and experience with us. Welcome, Paula. Thank you for having me today, Carrie. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited to have you here and ready to just dive in and get going. So tell us about yourself your journey with your daughter's disorder, and how you got to being a food allergy advocate and consultant. Um, Yes, I am a, um, as you said, a mom of two, and my youngest daughter at um, 20 months old was diagnosed with a rare gastrointestinal disorder called eosinophilic esophagitis, or EOE. And with EOE, eosinophils, which are white blood cells, attack the body when it's exposed to something that a person is allergic to, whether it's an food allergy or an environmental allergy. Most common allergens are, the food allergens are wheat, soy, dairy, shellfish, and nuts. So life became very challenging with this diagnosis. And I had to figure out what my child could eat. 
And this was 13 years ago. And at that time, there were just an organization that I joined, but not an individual person that could help me walk through those challenges and navigate this new life. After many, many years of successfully working through those challenges, I decided to become a food allergy advocate and consultant to help other parents navigate what I went through and to help give them tools that, to make their lives a little easier. Excellent. I love how you saw a need and, you know, when you had your experience initially learning about your daughter and how you've now kind of turned that into helping other parents. That's just an amazing piece of that part of that, of your story. Um, And it speaks to how many parents today are struggling with managing their children's food allergies. And I guess that leads me into, you know, what strategies do you recommend to parents as they start to navigate food allergies, especially if the parent is new to having a food allergy child? Uh, Well, the first thing, once they get the list of allergens, my first suggestion allergens from the household, especially if that child has a life-threatening allergy. And then I also suggest when they go food shopping to always read food labeling and to learn about food labeling, but always to read the label at least three times in the store. And I do that myself because you can easily overlook something. And currently we have the top eight allergens, common allergies listed separately at the bottom, the ingredients and listed in bold letters. And soon we will have sesame added to that when the faster act is passed. I also mm-hmm. recommend that the child have their own shelf in the pantry or refrigerator, a drawer in the refrigerator. At my house, this has been such a great thing because it's empowered my daughter at a very young age to start getting her own self-healthy snacks, safe and healthy snacks, but also it avoids cross-contamination. So we keep her non-dairy butter in her drawer and she knows she can always access it and it's safe. That is great. Like having the own space so that it is safe. That's a really important one. And the rereading of the labels also very, very important. I know for myself having an allergy child that that rereading of going over those um, allergens is super important, especially with that the space in the house. I love that as well. Good recommendations. Oh, thank you. It, it works. <laughs> it's love great. It. No, it works. That sounds great. Um, Now, with food allergies and school, so I'm sure with your daughter, you've had a lot of stuff going on with school. And how can we navigate as parents with kids um, in in school and how that goes? So what school recommendations do you have for parents as they interact with school, like school functions, activities, all those things? Well, we know school is challenging and food is involved in everything the kids do somehow Mm -hmm. it's in whether it's a math lesson or party or something and we know right now food allergens are included in the american disabilities act so my biggest recommendation is to speak with the school about putting a 504 plan in place and the 504 plan is developed to ensure that a child with a disability receives appropriate accommodations and with that being said those appropriate accommodations could be something as simple as eliminating a a food from being allowed in the classroom if it's not a safe food for your child or having a special place for that child to sit in the cafeteria. It could also include parties that you would be made aware of so that you could provide a safe snack for your child. So the 504 plan could include numerous things. Um, I also um, remind people that 
if a child is allergic to something, it doesn't necessarily have to be something ingested. So something as simple as a child maybe having a wheat allergy and a, and a, with an anaphylactic reaction, maybe the 504 includes not having items such as clay in a classroom because the clay may mm -hmm. contain wheat. So the 504 can contain numerous things and it's very important to have that in place because it protects the child legally and it gives the parent a little bit of a, just a feel safe and knowing that their child is safe at school and a good feeling. Yeah, I think it's important to note that it does protect your child legally um, because of that 504 plan. And I guess for a minute, I'd like to go a little bit deeper. How would a parent get the 504 plan? Like, do they ask the school? Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Because I think this is an important part of the school topic. Well, the first thing you would do is you would actually, I, pre I prefer, and I tell parents to send an email and that way you have a paper trail sort of. So you wanna send an email mm -hmm. to maybe the counselor or definitely the principal or vice principal, depending how large the school is. But what right. happens is with the 504 meeting that will take place, they will bring in the counselor and maybe the principal, sometimes the teachers. And if even if your child has a nurse at the school, that nurse will be in the meeting as well. So just having that, sending out a note to them asking to have a meeting to discuss the 504. And schools are very well aware how important that is. So they will get back to you immediately regarding to set up a meeting for the 504. And that happens every year. You renew that plan and that way you can add or change the accommodations that are needed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And do you um, also have to seek, like does a doctor fill out a form for the 504 plan? Is that how that works? Well, they will ask you for documentation. And in our case, we had a letter from our doctor saying what my daughter's uh, condition was. And in her case, she needed to have time with the nurse because she drank a medical formula. And so that was included in her plan. So she was able to go to the nurse's office and the teacher would still make sure she got whatever classwork that she missed during that time. Right. I think it's important to make it official. The 504 plan really, Absolutely. like you were saying, yeah, protects your child and really makes it official. So parents out there listening, like if you have a child that has these allergies, it's a step that is very important to making sure things happen and to keep everybody aware too. I think, Paula, there's a real sense of awareness when you start having a 504 planned because you meet every year, like you were saying. Absolutely. It, it makes a big difference when it becomes this legal document that it's a 504 mm -hmm. plan versus just a parent having a conversation with the teacher. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I appreciate you elaborating on that because I think that could be a great step for parents to include in their child's schooling, as, you know, especially just for all the time that it takes sometimes to take care of a food allergy. It's good to have something like the plan in place. So thanks for elaborating. Um, so let's move into this idea. You know, many, when parents all of a sudden have a child who has a food allergy, they can start to feel completely overwhelmed with all of it. Yet at the same time, there is always success and progress to celebrate. And so I want to move into some of that celebrate stuff. So what is like your favorite success story around raising your daughter to live with her food allergy? And maybe even if you have one from your client too, I'd love to hear your success story. Well, our success story is my daughter is now almost 14 and she, the fact that she feels empowered to read her own food labels and even ordering food at a restaurant, which she loves to do, she's empowered enough to inform them of her restrictions so that she fits, she's comfortable and she knows that her meal will be safe. 
And so that's one thing, but we do have a certain list of, you know, we have a few restaurants that we go to. But um, another thing is we love cooking and being able to cook together and make food that is safe for her, but really delicious. And so that's one of my favorite things because she loves to, you know, cook with me sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I noticed sometimes you post those on your social, some of the things that you're cooking. So, uh, <laughs> yes. so those parents listening at the end, will put your social uh, info out there can check some of your pictures. They look yummy. Oh, thank you. We, we cook a lot, <laughs> especially yes. during COVID times. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, definitely. And definitely. I think when you have a child with food allergies, you do cook at home more and uh, that's just part of it. Um, so the empowered and informed, I think that's so important that your daughter is now empowered to do her own thing, that she can feel that information to go to the restaurant. You know, she's 14 and or almost 14. I think you said just I love that word of empowering um, as your success story, your child, because that's what we do. Right. Yes. And we are we're empowering our kids so they can take care of themselves. Yes, absolutely. Because we won't always be with them. So we know mm. we need to know for sure that they can handle themselves. Yes, that is a very important part of this as they're younger is preparing them because we will not, we moms will not be with our kids always. So we need to make sure they do feel empowered to go out and eat on their own. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That is such an important part of the success of it. So what do you think, or what do you feel about the real conversation behind raising a child with food allergies? Something I like to discuss here on Mom Courage is, you know, these norms we challenge, right, around topics that we're talking about. And today we're talking food allergies. So what do you feel like is the real conversation behind raising a child with food allergies? Well, it, it's one thing that I never had to think about before until my mm-hmm. child and her yeah. allergies. But so many things in society are just revolved around food and just making sure that there is a place for your child and that your child does not feel like they're always out of place or that they have to be different. And that's the biggest thing, especially as they enter the teenage years. Uh, the other mm-hmm. thing is making sure, you know, there, there will be slip ups. Uh, you know, I hate to say that, but we know yeah. that there, there will be. And that's why it's so important to have an emergency plan in place and also to practice it. Um, we have to, you know, give ourselves a little grace but make sure we're always prepared and your child is always prepared. Yes, the emergency plan with the practice in place, that makes so much sense. Can you tell a little bit about um, maybe what yours is, if you don't mind sharing some of that? Sure, for us, it's a little different because my daughter um, has this gastrointestinal disorder. So Mm -hmm. hers is a little different because unfortunately with this disorder, there's no real treatment for it her body has to sort of heal itself. And so it's it's not a good thing when she has a reaction because it could take a couple of weeks for her to feel better again. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But we know kind of what to do to help her get there. It's, it's, we just have to ride it out, but we also have some things to do to, you know, just kind of make her feel a little more comfortable. Um, but for other children, you know, we have children who are have anaphylactic reactions. So we know an EpiPen or children who need an inhaler, uh, just making sure that they always have those items with them at all times, or if they're in Mm -hmm. school, that it's with the nurse or somewhere that they have access to it at all times. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's an important part of the conversation with the emergency plan is having that EpiPen all the time, empowering our kids, just like you were saying with being able to go to the restaurant, empowering them with their emergency plan. And if that is a, a pen or whatever it might be, that's an important part of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the, what do we think? I'm still going here a little around these norms. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think about food allergies? Like, you know, sometimes we think this about food allergies, but the truth behind food allergies is what, what would you fill in the blank with that? What's the truth behind food allergies? Well, the truth is it's not as rare as we think it is. There's so mm. many people and so many children who have food allergies. Um, I think that most people assume that there's only like one child in a classroom with food allergies until you start talking about it and you realize, oh, maybe their parent just did not say anything because it's only one item or something they're allergic to. So the norm is that it's not as rare. Um, And that Mm -hmm. thankfully, because of that, there are more options available in the stores and we don't have to go to specialty stores for to shop anymore. And it's a little bit Mm -hmm. cheaper now because it used to be so expensive when my daughter was diagnosed, because I could only go to one or two stores. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are so right. There is more and more people that do have food allergies. And when we become aware of it, we realize Absolutely. it. It's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to take a moment to talk a bit about your advocacy work. So you have recently been involved in some with the FASTER Act you were talking about in the beginning around the the sesame to be added to the list of allergens. Yes. I know you recently did something with that. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, Yes. Uh, I was speaking to uh, Senator Anthony Brown's office. I'm sorry, Congressman Anthony Brown's office about um, just adding that and the importance of adding sesame to the list of allergens because it is so common now. Uh, it used to be, you know, just the top eight. Well, now hopefully it'll be the top nine. Uh, there's so many um, kids that are, uh, you know, that are allergic to it and, and adults as well. And so it's just important to have that, which will also be added to the list and also bolded in the bottom of the um, ingredient list. And it's just, it's, advocacy is very important. Um, my daughter and I both have been on Capitol Hill numerous times speaking with uh, the senators and the and the aides about the importance of food allergies, just awareness in general. And surprising enough, every time we spoke to someone, either their grandchild or their niece or nephew or someone in their family suffered with or lived with food allergies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because it's more common than we realize, exactly. definitely. <laughs> Which, you know, is important to, to put that out there because you're right. I hadn't really thought about that before. We think it's not, but it is. It is there. And there's so many things we can do to advocate, like you're saying, and to make things better. Um, so the um, sesame getting on the label will be important, too, because, again, it goes to the top nine. And I know that I also have personal experience that it hasn't been there. And it's important to have those there because when our kids go out, you're talking about on that very dot, the, the bolded words there, right? Yes. Um, would now have sesame. That's what you mean when you say added, correct? Yes. Just for some of our moms listening that may not have allergy kids um, or have maybe never looked at it, it's that special part on the bottom under the ingredients. That's the the bolded words as the allergens. Yes. And so now so, that they may ne- now people who never knew what that was, when you look at a list of ingredients and right underneath, it'll have the bolded words. Then you'll know that why they're bolded. 
Yep. Yes. That is the reason. And so when, you know, you have a friend come over or anybody listening and you know, they have an allergy, you can check that bolded words underneath the regular ingredients. So that's so exciting. It's I bet it's very nice to have, or not nice, but really exciting, really to have the part of that, you being a part of doing that work to get sesame on there. Yes. It's very exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I really appreciate you doing that, too, for personal reasons, too. So thank you. Okay. (laughs) Now, before we go on to how moms out there can work with you, um, I want to take a moment to acknowledge your book, uh, Emma's Special Tummy. Um, You can find it on Amazon. I was looking at it. The art is just very cute. But more importantly, your book has a powerful message. Can you tell us a little bit more about the message of your book? Yes. um, When my daughter was younger, children would always ask about the feeding tube, but I realized that it's just because they didn't know, they didn't know what it was or they didn't understand. And once you told them it, they just said, oh, okay. And went on and played. And so you realize Mm -hmm. it's not that important. It's just that they were curious because it's different. She looked different. So she was Mm -hmm. at preschool with the feeding tube in and it was just different. And so once they, once they asked the question and I answered it, there was no difference anymore. She was still, you know, my daughter playing with them. So um, it was important for me to put that out there because I've even asked, asked, well, a lot of adults ask as well, you know, why did she have that? And so Mm -hmm. it wasn't for the reason most people would assume um, it was because of her gastrointestinal disorder. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that is just, uh, we can find that on Amazon, Emma's Special Tummy. And what's great about that, too, is it's even a great message to read, even if you don't have a child in your life with a feeding tube, but just also about awareness and putting that out there. So it's another great book for that as well. Yes. And about just acceptance, just, you know, just accepting people for who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I know you had mentioned um, that you have a cookbook coming out soon. Is that is that coming sooner than later? Can you give a little inside information on that? (laughs) Well, it'll probably be, I would say, early next year to give myself a little grace. Um, (laughs) I'm working on it now. Um, It's something that I've been um, people have been asking me for for a long time. and it, it's, it takes a little while to kind of put together recipes because I'm one of those who doesn't really measure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's taken longer than <laughs> it should have just to put it together. But I'm really excited to actually put it together and hopefully it will be very helpful for others. I am super excited about that. And I will totally get that when that comes out. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot there and give an exact. Oh, no, that's okay. It, it keeps me. I'm just excited. It's too. good. It keeps my feet to the fire. So I, I love it. Yes, yes. Okay. So moms listening are going to want to know about, you know, how to work with you. And so where can parents go to reach out to you? And if they want to make an individual plan or just talk with you in some kind of consultation, can you tell us about that? Sure. Um, My website is simple. It's paulalancaster.com. And Mm -hmm. I have a training toolkit available. And that actually gives parents information on various topics, including school, travel, holidays, and um, just several things, the emergency plan for school. And then I also provide one-on-one consultations and they can book those there as well. And that's where I help just provide parents with guidance and develop a plan for them specifically for their child. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So one-on-one or the toolkits at your website, paulalancaster.com. I will make sure that I um, put all that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you want to make sure that you can find Paula, just go to the show notes. I will put a link to her website in there so you can find her toolkits, find how to schedule time with her. And um, I'll also put some of your, your social uh your socials in there as well, Paula, is there, um, your food, you, I noticed you show a lot of your foods on your social, your, um, Facebook and IG. Is that where you post most of your food, food pics? And I do. I do. And I'm, I'm just dabbling in TikTok. So. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. All right. Well, um, Paula, you really are a wealth of information and, I really have enjoyed chatting with you and and learning more with some strategies myself today. And I know all the courageous moms listening who have kids in their life with food allergies will benefit what you've shared today. Or if they don't have their own kids, but they have other kids in their life, that their kids' friends or such, they're going to be able to benefit from hearing this today. So I just want to say thank you for taking some time to talk with me and and share with my audience Um, just thanks so much for putting everything that you've shared. My pleasure. I love sharing with courageous moms as I'm one as well. So I love being able to share uh, what I've learned over the years with them as well. Yes, you definitely are a courageous mom and I will definitely make sure to put all of your links. So everybody listening into the, um, notes, so everybody can find you on Twitter and TikTok and all the places so that you can find all of the things that Paula is doing and reach out to her. If you would like a one-on-one or want to check out her toolkits. Well, That's it, everybody. Thank you so much, Courageous Mamas. Thank you for listening to Mom Courage, the podcast. I would love to hear from you, Courageous Moms. So send me a message through Anchor. The link is in the episode notes. Or find me at my website, www.courageouslivingforyou.com. The link is also in the episode notes. That's it. You got this, Courageous Mamas.